I have entitled what I want to share. <laughs> I've entitled what I want to share with you this morning, Matters of the Heart. Matters of the Heart. Was it Silla Black who sang that song? Anyone who had a heart. <laughs> well, Matters of the Heart. My text or the scripture the Lord has laid upon my heart to found this message on is in Ezekiel 36 verse 26. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your heart of stone and I will give you a heart of flesh. The heart is referred to over a thousand times in the Bible. And it's not talking about this organ that we all have keeping us alive that pumps the blood around our bodies. In fact, if you search online for the, put the word heart and Google it, you will find that there are millions of articles on the physical heart. Coupled with photos and diagrams of how the heart functions, how it works. You can also find an abundance of information online on how to care for your heart. If you care for your heart, you'll live longer. And so there's ample information on that. Mankind also has a heart that is different from the physical organ that pumps, pumps the blood around our bodies. And that's the heart that I feel the Lord wants us to look at this morning. This morning we're going to look at what the Bible says about our hearts and about the importance of our hearts being in a right relationship with the Lord. The Bible tells us that we are a tripartite being. There are three parts to us. God made man in his own image, in the image of God. He made man. And of course, God is three persons in one. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are a tripartite being as well. We have a body a soul, and a spirit. The body is dead without the spirit. The body and the spirit make us a living soul. So our heart is a composition of all three parts of our being. When it's talking about the heart, it's not talking about another separate part of body, soul, and spirit. When the Bible talks about the heart, it's talking about these three parts, body, soul, and spirit. It's, it's talking about our hearts being all of those things. A composition of body, soul, and spirit. In fact, friends, the heart is the core of who you are. Who you are is because of your heart. Your heart is the essential you, the place where you live. 
Our heart is our mind, our emotions, our will, our conscience. Our heart is who we are. And the Bible makes it very clear and plain and reveals to us that our hearts, our mind, our minds, our emotions, our wills, our conscience are all involved all in our hearts. There are many scriptures I could have shared with you this morning about this, but I've just taken one from each area. The Bible tells us that our heart has an ability to think. Matthew 9 verse 4, Jesus, knowing their thoughts, said, Why are you thinking evil things in your heart? So thinking is an activity of the mind. Jesus asked the scribes why they were thinking evil things in their hearts. So it's got to do with our thoughts. For our mind is part of our heart. It's got to do with our will. When Paul and Barnabas arrived at Antioch, the Bible says they saw the grace of God and they rejoiced and encouraged them all that with purpose of heart they should continue with the Lord. To purpose is to decide to do something, to decide to do something strongly, and that involves our will. Our emotions are part of our heart too. Jesus said, therefore, you, know, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again, and your heart will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. So sorrow is an expression of our emotions, and joy is an expression of our emotions as well. Rejoicing is related to our emotions. Notice what Jesus said, that your heart will rejoice. And then our conscience, that's part of our hearts as well. 1 John 3 verse 20, it says, If our heart does not condemn us, then we have confidence towards God. It's our conscience that blames or condemns us when we've done something wrong, isn't it? The Bible refers to our hearts condemning us. So our conscience is part of of our hearts. Paul speaks about our hearts being sprinkled from an evil conscience. So our mind, our will, our emotions, and our conscience are all part of our hearts. It's our heart where we think, we decide, we feel, and with our heart we perceive right from wrong. With our hearts, we love, we, we can love with our hearts. Mark 12, verse 30 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart. If we didn't have a heart, we couldn't sense love, neither could we give love. But God has created us with a heart that now has an ability to love God. 
to have a relationship with God. And the heart is the center of our relationship with God. Our heart is the gateway of our being, of our lives. Besides being the center of our relationship with God, our heart is also the gateway or the doorway of our life, of who we are. What we allow in and what we allow or, or, and what comes out of our lives, how we live them, is determined by the condition of our hearts. And hearts can be closed. I mean, say your heart can be closed to some people, can't it? And you can open your hearts to other people. So we can open and close our hearts. So our hearts become both the entrance and the exit of our being. Whatever enters into us must first of all come and enter through our hearts. Whatever comes out of us proceeds from our hearts. So it's the gateway to our lives, to who we are. Our heart is the gateway. With our hearts, affections begin to flow. With our hearts, you know, what we see and what we hear, hear, not hear, hear, what we hear is that is also a gateway to our hearts. Comes through what we see, what we hear. Comes through our emotions. Comes through our affections. Comes through our thoughts. You know, our thoughts, what we think, both enter, our thoughts enter our hearts, and they also exit from our hearts. That's why the mind is the battleground. What we allow here. Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinks, thinks in his heart, so he is. So your thought life and my thought life is very important. Jesus talked about things that enter into the heart. They come through thoughts. And out of the heart, look what Jesus said, out of your heart proceed evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, fornications, thefts, false witnesses, blasphemies. All these come and defile a man from within his heart. Friends, every sin that is committed on earth is first committed through a thought. Everything that I do wrong has first of all happened with a thought that's come into my mind that I've allowed to enter into my heart. And out of that comes sin. That's why the Bible says we need to guard our hearts. Proverbs 4 verse 23, Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it springs the issues of life. In one translation says, Everything you do flows from it. 
above all else, above everything else, keep your heart. Watch over your heart. Keep it with all diligence. Jesus said a good man brings good things out of the good that is stored up in his heart. An evil man brings evil things out of the evil that is stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So what goes in comes out. That's why the Bible says we've got to guard our hearts. That's why we've got to guard our thoughts. The Bible says we've got to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Because our thoughts can cause us to be led astray if we don't keep check on them. That's why the Bible says whatever things are good and just and pure and of good report and noble, think on these things. The Bible tells us what we ought to be thinking about them. Wrong thoughts. Thoughts that don't line up with the Word of God. They should be rejected before they find an entrance into our hearts. Because if they find an entrance into our hearts, friends, they will be acted upon. That's why the, our heart is the doorway to our lives, the gateway. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is, so life begins to flow. Our relationship with Jesus began in our hearts. There was a time that we heard the good news. We heard that Jesus died for us, that he loved us, and we opened our hearts, didn't we? You heard the expression, I gave my heart to the Lord. Really, our hearts were opened. The Bible talks about Lydia. God opened her heart as she heard Paul preaching. And God opened our hearts and we received Christ into our lives. We were born again. The Bible says, with the heart man believes to righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made to salvation. That's why heart and mouth, they, they go together. The Bible says we believe, Jesus said, if you, the, Paul said, if you believe in your heart and confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, you will be saved. Because you first of all believe in your heart, but the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And because we believed in our heart, we are bold enough to confess that Jesus Christ is our Lord and is our Savior. It was with our heart that we first touched God and God first touched us and opened our hearts to let him in. And at that moment, the scripture that I read at the beginning took place. The Bible says that I will give you a new heart. Thank God he doesn't patch the old one up. He gives us a regenerated heart. The heart before conversion is unregenerated. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. And I will remove from you your heart of stone. And I will give you 
a heart of flesh. God gives us a new heart at conversion. A new heart I will give you. And on this heart, Paul writes to the church in, in Colossae that he writes on the fleshly tables of our heart his word. Not in tables of stone, but on the fleshly tables of our heart. He puts his word in our hearts. That's what Jesus said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. His word is written in our hearts. And his commandments are not grievous. They are easily entreated. Jesus said, my yoke is easy. My burden is light. And with this new heart, we can now love God with all of our hearts. Hallelujah. With this new heart that God has given us, we can now love him with all of our hearts. He puts his desires in our hearts. The Bible tells us that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, he will give us the desires of our hearts. With this, this new heart, we can seek God now. We can draw near to God, as we've been talking about this morning in the meeting. We can come close to God with this new heart that we now have. You see, friends, not only did our relationship begin by our heart, it's also maintained by our hearts. That is why the condition of my heart and your heart is so important. You know, they tell us, that even with the physical heart, that a physical heart needs exercise. If we exercise, then it says we'll live, live a bit longer. If we keep our heart in trim. Well, that, that, it's hard work, isn't it, sometimes? Yeah. Keeping our physical heart in trim. If we eat the wrong stuff, it affects us. It's the same with our spiritual life. We need to exercise our spiritual life. If we don't exercise, friends, if we don't add to our faith, if we don't build ourselves up in God, then it will affect us spiritually. And I think the astounding thing, God looks on our heart. He sees me this morning exactly the way I am. And he sees you. When, king, when David was anointed king by Samuel as a young boy, a young man, the Lord said to Samuel, don't consider his appearance or his height. Remember, he was wanting to anoint Jesse's sons, seven of them came before him and each time God said no this is not him Eliab was the first one big strong tall handsome young man strapping bulging muscles and Samuel said this is the one God said no I have rejected him the Lord does not look at the things people look at people look at the outward appearance but the Lord looks where at the heart. 
He knows the condition of a person's heart. We can fool everybody else, but I want to say we can't fool him. He knows, the Bible says Jesus didn't need anybody to tell him about people, for he knew what was in man. He knew those scribes and Pharisees had evil things. For the, what they, were, they, were thinking, they were thinking evil things in their hearts, and he knew it. He knew it. And God, friends, knows our hearts. He knows the condition of every heart here this morning. David said, he searches our hearts. In fact, there's a scripture where it says, I, the Lord, search the heart. And you know, friends, God is looking for a heart in his people, in me and in you. This new heart that he's given us, he's looking for a clean heart. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. God help us to keep our hearts clean. Where we will allow nothing to enter into our hearts that can defile. And we, we live in a world, friends, we're in the world, but we're not of it. But I want to tell you the world can affect us. And I don't know about you, but every day in the course of a single day, we need to continually come to God, even if it's a hundred times a day, when our hearts begin to turn away. We need to come back to God and keep short accounts with him and say, Oh God, what we allow, what we look at, what we hear, what we see, what we think, when we know that they're turning away, we need to come back and repent time and time again and say, Oh God, this has taken me away from you. You see, our hearts are deceitful. The Bible tells us in Jeremiah that the heart of man is the most deceitful thing there is. Desperately wicked, who can know it? Well, God knows it. And sometimes we know what we've allowed to enter into our hearts. If our heart doesn't condemn us, the Bible says, we have confidence towards God. Dealing with our conscience. Matters of the heart. How is your heart this morning? How is mine? We used to sing an old hymn many years ago, Oh, for a heart to praise my God, a heart from sin set free, a heart that always feels the blood so freely shed for me. The Bible says of David that he was a man after God's own heart. Now, you know, as well as I do, he wasn't perfect, was he? In fact, the Bible doesn't fall short of telling us the blunders that David made. And boy, he made some big ones. Times when he blew it. Committing adultery, murder. 
disobeying God, counting the number of the fighting men of Israel. But Psalm 51 in the Bible is a great psalm where David shows his repentance. When the prophet, after that business with Bathsheba, Nathan the prophet came to him and he pointed the finger at him and said, you are the man. Nobody's seen what you've done, but God has. God has seen your heart. And when David was brought face to face with his sin, Psalm 51 is, the, is, is his prayer of contrition, his brokenness before God. When he repents and turns back to God, he says, create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me away from your presence. Do not take your Holy Spirit from me. Create in me a clean heart. He knew his heart had been contaminated. <coughs> I don't know about you, friends, but when I blow it, as blow it I do, immediately, I know I've blown it, don't you? When I've said something I shouldn't have, when I've thought something I shouldn't have, when I've acted on something that I shouldn't have, immediately, like David, I know. David said, I knew when all this happened, he said, my bones were groaning inside of me. His relationship with God was spoiled. And we all know it when we blow it. We all know when we missed the mark and fallen short of the glory of God. After he, after, he, after he counted Israel, the Bible says the Lord was angry for what he'd done. David's heart was condemned. And David's heart condemned him after he had numbered the people. And he said, I've sinned, Lord, in what I have done, for I've acted foolishly. He knew it. He knew when he'd done wrong. And you do, and I do too. You know, when we know when we've done what wrong, the Bible says we lose confidence. If our hearts condemn us, we lose confidence towards God. And of course, every time we blow it, it all that has consequences in our lives. That's why Dave said this morning about this business of breaking bread you know friends we it's an opportunity for us to get it put right to confess our sin to forsake our sin repentance is the key turning back to God because when I know that I've blown it and I don't do anything about it The Bible talks about a hard heart. We can harden our hearts. In fact, 45 times in the Bible, it speaks of a hard heart. When we harden our hearts. How do we harden our hearts? Well, when we know we should be doing something and we don't do it. The Bible says to him, it's sin. 
When we don't check our thoughts and we allow them to run wild. When we don't bring every thought into captivity. And they run riot in our minds. And our, our speech betrays it. Jesus said to Peter, they said to Peter on that day, your speech betrays who you are. Sometimes our speech betrays the condition of our hearts. For out of it, out of the abundance of our hearts, our mouths are speaking. No wonder the Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. We harden our hearts when sin no longer bothers us. Proverbs 28, 14 says, How blessed is the man who fears always, but he who hardens his heart will fall into calamity. In fact, the Bible says, He who hardens his heart will suddenly be destroyed, and that without any remedy. Continual hardening of the heart. You know, the Bible's got many examples, and I was reading through them yesterday of people who hardened their hearts. Pharaoh was one of them. Remember when Moses went to Pharaoh? The Bible says he continued to harden his heart. Jesus often spoke about hardness of heart. Josiah was one of the good kings of Israel. And he came to the throne when he was eight years old. In the 18th year of his reign, 26 years old, he restored things in the house of the Lord that had been torn down. And Hilkiah was the high priest. And Hilkiah went into the temple as they were cleaning it out. And he found the book of the law that Moses had read, given. And Hilkiah read the book of the law. And he gave it to one of the scribes called Shaphan. And he said, take this to Josiah. Tell him I found it. And when Josiah opened the, the book of the law, the, the things that God had commanded Israel, and Josiah realized how much Israel had fallen from God and how much he as, the, <coughs> as an individual had fallen from God, his, his heart was broken. And it says this, God said, because your heart was tender, you humbled yourself before God when you heard his words against this place and against all the inhabitants. And because you've humbled yourself before me, you've torn your clothes and wept before me. I truly have heard you, declares the Lord. And God said to Shaphan, go and tell him, that all the calamities that I'm going to bring on this place, I won't do it in his day. He'll go to his father, fathers in peace. But the calamities are going to come. But notice what God said. Because your heart was tender. I pray that God will keep our hearts tender. Tender towards him. So that when we blow it, when we miss it, we will come and say, God, I'm sorry. Keep our hearts tender because we'll keep telling Jesus every day how much we love him. 
Because your heart, I believe David had a tender heart. He didn't harden it. When he knew he'd done wrong, he put it right. We need to, brothers and sisters, we need to be aware of our hearts becoming hard, indifferent, insensitive. Bitterness. The Bible talks about the bitterness of hearts. Watch out that bitterness doesn't get hold of your heart. Pride. There are many things the Bible has to say about our hearts. My Bible tells me that Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. And I'd often thought of that scripture where it says about the brokenhearted as, you know, if somebody's had a, a bereavement or something's gone wrong in their lives and a relationship's gone wrong, they can be brokenhearted. Of course they can. But when the Bible talks about the broken heart, it's not talking about that. It's talking about a broken heart for sin. It's talking about a broken heart for rebellion against God. Psalm 51 verse 17 says, The sacrifices of God, the sacrifices that God requires, are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. A broken heart. Broken for the times like Josiah, his heart was broken. David's heart was broken. David said to God, Lord, will you search my heart? Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any hurtful way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Search me, O oh God. Our hearts are vitally important. The gateway to our lives. Who we are is what our hearts are. Our life flows from our hearts. I, the Lord, search the heart. I test the mind even to give each man according to his ways, according to the results of his deeds. That's why the Bible says, guard it. Put a watch over it. Watch, watch and pray. Guard your heart. I believe, friends, that God wants all of our hearts to be in right relationship with him, don't you? Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a right spirit within me. Washing. Thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all of our sin. Let's just spend a few moments as we bring this to a close and just allow the Holy Spirit just to search our hearts this morning. And as we go through this week and the days, the weeks that lie ahead, let's keep our hearts 
in good condition before God. God, we are so grateful for your dealings with us. We are so thankful that you've dealt with each one of us kindly. David was able to say it was your gentleness that made him great. We are what we are today, Lord, by your wonderful grace. And I pray that, Lord, you'll help me and you'll help my brothers and sisters to keep a clean heart before you and a pure heart. Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are here this morning to search our hearts. You, the Lord, who look upon our hearts. We're a collective body of people here this morning, Lord. Will you look upon each of our hearts? Oh, God, we love you this morning. We love you. Thank you. You took away the stony heart. You gave us a heart of flesh. A heart to love you and serve you. Seek you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. With a heart that's full of love for you, I will magnify your name.